Since the day she gave me that coveted final rose, my wife, Trista Sutter, has made me a better person. If she can get me to know better, to do better, and to just all around be better, then I'm sure she can do it for you too. You're listening to Better Etc. with my wife and your host, Trista Sutter. everybody, this is Trista Sutter, and I'm back for another exciting chat about living a better life. Today, I get the chance to reconnect with an old friend who I think is actually more beautiful now than she was back in college, not that she wasn't gorgeous back then too. It's just all that life experience and wisdom. She is a fellow Hoosier in both senses of the word, as we were both born in Indiana, and we both attended Indiana University. Go Hoosiers! I rushed her for my sorority, and we danced together as Red Steppers, where we got to wear fabulous knee-high red boots and boogie together during halftime on the football field. We crossed paths occasionally when we were both in TV land. I, of course, was on reality shows, and she was an entertainment reporter for E! News. She's got an incredible story of publicly fighting for her rights, and actually the rights of women all around the world, and taking a stand against gender pay disparity as well as privately working through the struggles of two marriages that, in the end, didn't work out, but she handled both of those splits with class and dignity. You may know her, as I mentioned, from her 12-year career with E!, her very own podcast called Naked, her blog, The Catwalk, or Catformations that she shares on Instagram. And during this episode, you'll get to know more about her path and what she's learned about breakups along the way that she graciously is sharing with me and with all of you today as one of my very first guests. So, I hope you will join me in welcoming my longtime friend, Kat Sadler. Oh my gosh, Trista, I'm smiling (laughs) ear to ear. This is so amazing. I'm so happy for you. I'm so glad you're joining the podcast world, first of all, but mostly just to to have this space with you because we go back so far. And I guess so far. this kind of like in-depth catch-up is long overdue. So it's just so nice to to be with. I feel so flattered. Thank you for asking me to do this. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. It's honestly such an honor. And you're right. It's been long overdue. And I know that we have texted each other over and over and over again, trying to get together whenever I'm in LA, and it just hasn't ever happened. So I'm so glad it did today. So thank you. Thank you so much. Do I get to tell all your listeners all the juicy scoop that I recall about you when you were about 19, 20, oh my 21? God, like what? <laughs> because honestly, I I probably didn't experience this when we were in college, but I have the worst memory. Mm. The worst memory. If I don't have a picture of something, I don't remember it. So yeah, tell me something because I want to (laughs) know. It's not, you know what? It's not any plot lines or anything. It's just, I was thinking this morning before we were getting on this call, I was like, what stands out to me the very most about you and our time together when we were just young, young women in our early twenties was your laugh. And that has not changed in 20 plus years, but you always had this incredibly infectious laugh and energy and light. You were always smiling. You were always fun to be around. And you were, I think, just one year ahead of me. So you were like the cool girl, just a little bit older. (laughs) And I was like, I just want to be in in Trista's clique because she's just all the things. And so it's just been it's just been such a wild ride because we were friends in college. And then, you know, you went on to do your thing on The Bachelorette. And then I ended up on E! And it's just wild how our worlds have kind of been slightly entangled and that we're both from from Indiana. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. I love it. Oh my, you're you're the sweetest. Thank you. And I, same thing. Like even though you were a year younger than me, I felt like you're the cool girl and I wanted you to put, be part of my clique. So <laughs> lots of love. <laughs> and here we are. It's crazy. Okay, so I really feel like you're so open and vulnerable and willing to share your story. And I think that my guests can learn so much from you. So honestly, thank you for for chatting today. I'd love to go back a little bit and start kind of from the beginning and have you talk about where you came from, the goals you had early on in both your professional life and your career. 
It's funny. I think I, in, in high school and early in college, I, I knew broadcasting was something I, I wanted to explore. I didn't know really at the time. We have to remember this, everybody, this was like pre-internet, really, right. you know, it's like jobs, you'd sit in your living room and watch Oprah, but that seemed like a, you know, light years away from any possibility of a real career. So at the time, I think, you know, I decided on journalism in college at IU, broadcast journalism. And at the time, you know, other than, of course, watching Katie Couric and Diane Sawyer and Oprah and all of that, it was really just more about, you know, local TV anchors. And I would watch them and study them and think that's, that's, I think, the path that I want to take. And it wasn't until I had a, a, a couple internships at the end of college. And I, it's kind of a long story, but I, I got a call from an agent in New York at the time. And, I, and I, I got a couple calls from this guy. And I didn't know what an agent was. I didn't know what he, they did. I would like hang up the phone on him and like kind of because I felt guilty. I thought I was doing something wrong because I worked at this one TV station and this guy from New York was calling. I felt like I wasn't supposed to be like right. I was getting plucked and it was like not the thing to do. But anyway, once he kind of entered my stratosphere and and asked me, I think it was the first person who who directly said, what do you want to do with your career? What, what are your professional goals? So I was like, Oh, you mean like anything? What's what, I can do anything. You know, the sky's the limit. No one had, no one had really just been so clear about the possibilities of like fly into the moon. And I was like, well, Hollywood, duh, you know, watching E of course, and watching VH1 video countdown at the time. Totally. Remember like oh my God, Rachel yes. Perry was like all, all, I mean, she was fashionable and she was fun and she was smart and she was like introducing music videos. And I was like, how, how can I engineer my career to focus on the arts and entertainment and fashion while also being a broadcaster? Because at the time I was doing local news and I was doing really hard news and I certainly learned a ton, even as an intern and a general assignment reporter at the local level in Indianapolis, but it wasn't, it wasn't my calling, right? Like yeah. I learned pretty early on to listen to, eh, I'm not really turned on by chasing homicide updates and like You're not, not? People. And then, <laughs> right? I mean, exactly. That was, you know, some people, they love the right. chase. They love knocking on people's doors and like getting the story and and, you know, finding out the whodunit of the local crime, you know, that was just, whoa, not me. I was yeah. like wearing my like um, stilettos and, you know, my fishnet <laughs> right. stockings. It was not, it didn't work. So this guy, Ezra Marcus, shout out to him from NS Beanstalk in New York, just said, you know, what do you want to do? Let's craft your dream and let's go for it. So that's when the world kind of opened up to me, I guess, is that I realized, you know, that I could dream bigger than I had ever even really imagined. Yeah. And so my first job after Indianapolis was in San Francisco, and that was for the WB, back the WB affiliates. You know, that was the time of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and that whole era in the very late 90s. And that's kind of where it all began. So when I realized I could marry my my love of arts and entertainment with telling stories and, and connecting with people and interviewing, that job in San Francisco allowed me to interview everybody from the people doing Broadway in San Francisco to restaurant owners to boutique owners to traveling to LA and New York to interview movie stars for junkets and things like that. So the whole world opened up to me then. I was, I think, 22 at the time. And that's when I really just got the bug. I mean, a complete itch for this is it. This is what I was meant to do. This is this. I was just on fire every day. It's, it's like what they say when you're doing what you love. That's when it was just that huge aha moment for me that I would work, by the way, probably, you know, 12, 13 hour days. I was booking my shoots and producing my shoots and styling myself and doing my own hair and makeup and helping edit and doing the interviews. You know, you do it all, but you love every minute of it. Yeah. And that was that time for me. So I guess that if that's going to the beginning, yeah. that's kind of how it all got kicked off for me, studying journalism, securing an internship, and then just kind of really going for it. And then what, in terms of your personal life, were you, like, what were, you go were your goals? Was it the American dream to have, you know, mm. a husband and 2.2 children and, mm. you know, living in the suburbs? Or what did you envision for your personal life? That's a really good question. I don't know that I had personal goals per se, other than 
to live with purpose and feel like I was being used. I think that's where I got my self-worth and my and my real fuel to get up every day. My mom was married several times. So I never really had this model traditional family that I um, wanted to echo or emulate or so I was never that girl like I can't wait to get my wedding gown and I I see you know what I mean like I was never like fairy tale looks like this yeah and husband has to be like that I just I was really focused on my career so I think I've always been rather adventurous so I think about in the personal respect I was always just kind of like when it happens, it happens. And and I'll know when I know and I'll, you know, that will happen more naturally. Looking back, Trista, I mean, and after a lot of therapy, it's probably better to have a plan. You know, two marriages in, I probably should have had more of a plan. No! No. You know, well, I, I'm, I'm slightly impulsive too. So, I mean, he was my quote unquote college sweetheart. And we did meet you know, when we were 19 and we married when I was 26. So we were together. He did come to San Francisco and whatnot, but we never really had, oh, these are, you know, we knew we wanted to be together, but to answer your question, I always, always knew I would be a mother, Yeah, but I never, you know, I never wrote that all like down on paper to say, here are my personal goals. I was really just, I was just so driven on, on the, the career path and just, Mm-hmm. And just I have always been, I will say, just very turned on by maximizing every single day. Like I just always tried to be I think my friends would probably say I'm I am that person who is in the present. So as much as goals are so important, I am like when I'm in it, I'm in it. If you're in front of me, you're in front of me. Like I think I just kind of lived like that a lot, especially yeah. even then, probably. Do you think you got that from your mom? Some of it, yes, for sure. My mom is incredibly strong. You know, she has all this confidence. She's traveled the world. She was, you know, she's traveled India with a backpack by herself. My mom's, oh yeah, my mom's published like five books. She has a foundation. She has? Yeah, she's. Oh my gosh, I want to have her on the podcast. You should. You should. She has, by the way, for anyone who's listening who maybe even their moms are looking for content, she has a radio show right now called What's Next? for women like us, for women in her generation that are still trying to live their best lives. She's phenomenal. My mom's amazing. Oh my gosh. She's I great. love that. I really would love to talk to you about having her on, but yeah, we'll, we'll go there. We'll go there later. That'd be fabulous. I, you know, we are all these different, I don't know about you, but I, I'm sure you could probably relate that. Like, I feel like, you know, the woman I was when we knew one another in college was a completely different version of myself. You know, we're all continuously yeah. evolving and 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 sh- being shaped into who we are, and I think that n- probably never changes unless you want it to. But I don't. I, I right. I'm continuously growing and continuously learning. I am a student of life, for sure. But just to answer your question, yes, my mom put a lot of affirmations in front of me, a lot of positive books, mm-hmm. a lot of self help. So I think through that, that's when I really learned the art of being in the moment and how um, I'm most at peace when I can just really just be here now instead of the anxiety and the stress and the, you know, it's work, right? Like with the kids and the juggle and the husband and the life and the, it's hard to be still, but I really do work at that because for me, that's when I am my most at peace. And when I feel like I'm in the real joy of the day, when I'm just here, here with you right now. I love that. I mean, I, I feel like this is something we all can be better at like, I, you know, I know we were, you were coming on here to talk about breakups, but my gosh, I feel like we could go in so many different. (laughs) Oh, we could talk about what I'm good at. And then we could talk about what I'm really (laughs) bad at. So I'm just giving you, I'm setting you up because this is like, oh, I've got that down. That's I'm pretty good at my meditating. I'm pretty good at, you know, my journals and my gratitude journals and my, you know, I feed myself a lot of nourishment in that way but my breakups what do you want to know (laughs) well you know what it's funny we can we can laugh about it but I feel like you learn from everything Mm -hmm. you learn from the bad especially the bad stuff Mm -hmm. that you think you're bad at but I feel like you've been an incredible role model for so many out there no I am teasing I'm I'm slightly teasing I'm learning I know we all are Going back to professional life, uh, you make it to E, you're fulfilling all of these dreams, you're on air more than 
anybody, right? In terms of like E! News and and that show and then Daily Pop and Daily News. and Well, I never really added up anyone's hours, but I do know that I, yes, I was on two shows a day, whereas lots of people were on a single show. And so I was doing the dance. I was doing longer hours than I'd ever done in my career there. So, so yes, yeah. the, I was, I was taking up some real estate for sure. A lot of it have, having been there 12 years at that point also. Oh, holy cow. Okay. So you make it there. You're there all the time. You're working really hard, putting in lots of hours and you find out that your male counterpart is making almost double, if not double your salary. So mm-hmm. will you, will you talk us through like how you found out and the evolution of finding out that bit of information to, to now and mm-hmm. where your feelings are at, where they were at back then and where they're at now? I found out because like I said, I was doing these two shows and for people who don't maybe know how the, the industry works, people like myself who are on air generally have a contract that is two, three, or four years long, right? So it's not like you're waiting for a pay raise every couple months or you go in and knock and ask for a raise. It's kind of like you have a set contract, you have a set amount you are making. And then when that contract starts to come to an end, the term of that contract, you go in and you start to negotiate a new contract. So I was in the last year of my contract. And that is when a, a female executive kind of called me into a closed door meeting um, under the guise of something about fashion week or who knows what. And I, I knew yeah. it, that was a little abnormal. And so we did talk about a couple things in that meeting, but then the headline obviously was, you know, she just, she said, I want you to know, as you go into these new negotiations, you are making severely less than Jason, let's call it what it is. But so she was standing out for you. Like she was, she's like, you should she know. Your back. She was, and, and she was without saying too much again, she was an executive and she had to be very careful, careful, I'm sure. But she was just like, go get yours, go get, go. Yeah. Like, and, you know, that's exactly how I read it was like, go big, don't, don't go small. And by the way, I'm going to give you this information and you can use this information. And, and that right there should tell you that like at the executive level, you know, we were apples to apples, right? It's like, why would you be mm-hmm. making so much like that huge disparity? But she knew I didn't know. And I didn't know. So when she told me that, I had a, a, a an array of emotions. At first, it was like a little embarrassing because I was like, what? Like, oh, man, yeah. like I should have known that. And I feel a little silly. And then it was like, then I got that turned to being a little angry. And then it was like, what do I do with this? But I remember leaving that meeting thinking, okay, well, you know, information is power. Go to your team, go to your agents. I mean, by the way, I'm sure they knew at some level already because it's a it's a small town and agents know what people make and it's not something yeah. they are at liberty to discuss with clients across the board. But, you know, of course they're aware of who makes what and 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 whatnot. So but it was their job. They would work for me to try to negotiate what I was worth. So I just thought, okay, well, this is this is cool. I'll keep doing two shows the rest of the year. This was in like March. And then when negotiations start mid midsummer in the fall, we'll ask for ballpark, by the way. I wasn't like, I yeah. might make that amount or else. You know, it was really just yeah. ballpark. Here are the facts. Here's the years. Here's, you know, we started at the same time, literally the same year. You know, we'd been coming up at the same rate and the same level and been on the same shows and and were positioned on the red carpet at, you know, publicity events together as like a package. Yeah. We do so many things as a team. And again, kind of long story short, they started negotiations and it was it was going at a snail's pace and we weren't getting anywhere. And it was just I said to my team, though, I mean, I guess this is pretty important. I, I said we get ballpark. I'm gonna. I'm done. And and my my team was pretty much like, well, well, well. Do you really like? You don't like really mean you would walk away from me, right? And I'm like, oh no, no. I was like, no. I I really, Trista. It was it was so somewhat unlike me to be honest. I am like the the eternal team player. I am kind of the yes girl. I I am not a headache. You know, I'm not that squeaky wheel at work. Like, I think all of that, all those years. I just got, I'll say the word angry, even though angry is not one of my most comfortable emotions, but I just got so angry. I felt like I was being used, right? So yeah, 
this experience at this network, I mean, I have seen the world. I have covered royal weddings. I have been to Olympics. I have been to the Cannes Film Festival. I mean, I had had yeah. the most amazing experiences in my life, but I also knew that Cat on TV was not my end all identity. Like I, I just right. felt like I would be fine if I left. I just, and that, that came after some real soul searching, obviously, but I knew it wouldn't mean I was done or it was the end of my story or I wouldn't have a life or, you know, there was the financial aspect of course that I had to consider severely because of my children and because I am single yeah. and I was not married at the time. And so there was, there was a lot to mull over. I'm giving you the short version, but, but ultimately it was like, I will go. And so when the negotiations started to collapse, it was kind of like the decision was made for me. And, and again, even my own team was like, you're really, you're, you're just going to walk. And I just, I'll tell you, and for your people listening, I mean, and because I realize not everyone can just leave their job, especially now in the time of COVID, especially when, right. <laughs> small businesses are closing and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very different time right now, obviously. But, yeah. but at the time, the best, best thing I did was start my, my blog, which I started some five years prior to leaving E because I did have this kind of digital brand on the side. And was mm -hmm. I making a ton of money from it? No, but did it have the potential to bring me income as a businesswoman? Absolutely. So I mean, that's the thing I tell everybody is just, you know, it's always nice to diversify and have your hands in a handful of things because you are disposable. And if you do work for corporate America, we are all just one day away from being kicked out the door. I don't care how, who you are or how great you are or how much success you've brought this company. They essentially own us, right? You work for them. Yeah. And at any moment, the door can close. So, so I did have this other business I had been slowly kind of cultivating. And that was what really truly allowed me to take that leap at the end that I did know I had, um, and not to mention 20 years of being on TV, I knew I could probably get another job if push came to shove, I, I'd be fine. Yeah. And so, so somebody asked me, you know, do you bet on yourself? At the end of the day, do you bet on yourself? And, it, and the answer was yes. December 20th, 2017, I think was my last day. Oh, so how do you like, how ha, have your feelings evolved about it? Because obviously, you know, you use the word angry and the emotions were, I'm sure, so high. I mean, you were all over the headlines. You were this like poster child for pay disparity or pay parity or is that the term? Uh, pay parity? Yeah. Disparity, parity, pro parity, yeah. obviously. But um, yes, I, I was this poster child. And so that's the funny part is that after and not so funny because it was I mean, Krista, when, once I left and you're right, I never expected it to be in the headlines. I thought, you know, listen, right. I'll write my blog. I'll tell the viewers why I left. I did. I was very convicted in the fact that I wasn't going to go quietly in the sense to at least who came to my blog. I was going to explain why I wasn't on the air because I couldn't say that publicly the, on my last day. Right. So so that was very important to me as I left. My departure was just sharing my truth. Thought some people might care did not. Mind you, this was pre-Time's Up. So this was about 10, 20 days before Time's Up was even a thing. So yeah. what's Remind us of, about what Time's Up was. Time's Up is still an organization um, that several women are a part of. And it's, it's the organization is all about pay parity and equality in the workplace. Um, and it's, awesome. it's part of the Me Too movement also. So it's about protecting women and equality and there's a defense fund where millions of dollars have been raised to to put into um, the education of creating an equal and fair workplace for women, essentially. Um, and, awesome. it, and the money is also defending a lot of women who have been discriminated against and, and helping them uh, with their cases should they choose to sue and all of that. So, yeah people listening may recall that was when at the Golden Globes that year, a lot of women were wearing black because of the Me Too movement picking up. And then yes. Tarana Burke, who started the Time's Up movement, was on the carpet. And that's when the education really started hitting the mainstream about, you know, yes, this is happening in Hollywood. And, and sadly, sometimes that's what it takes to get people to pay attention. It has to happen at that scale and that level. But it was happening in Hollywood. But it's happening in all industries, more importantly, in other industries where, you know, the the pay is far, far less. And not only is it happening, you know, pay discrimination against women 
in all industries, but it's considerably worse for women of color, right? So yeah, the yeah. problems were mounting. The The movement had been beginning. And I, you know, I did this as just this kind of moral stand against truly feeling that I was being wronged and, and the discrimination was highly unfair. But then the Time's Up movement starts to get all of this momentum. And that's when, yes, I was kind of injected into this whole movement that I didn't, I couldn't have told you two years prior when equal pay day was, you know, I didn't know I was just that busy mom hustling two kids, trying to, you know, yeah. get, get paid, take care of the bills, do the, right. do the things. So then I guess to answer your question where my feelings are or were, I went from being kind of, not kind of, I went from being pretty pissed off uh, about it all to then going, oh my gosh, I'm being used. Like, I felt like this was the universal calling that I had never expected, but I always wondered, oh, I wonder when my time will be up at E and I wonder what that will look like. And I wonder if I'll uh -huh. have a party and I wonder why I'll go. And then it all came very clear. It's like, oh, this is part of my story and this is how I'm supposed to help. And so then I went from being angry to, oh, I've got this cool obligation almost to the younger generations, to women everywhere, to use my voice, to go on panels, to speak about it, to go to conferences, to, you know, take part in summits and, and take part in marches and really mm -hmm. use my voice to bring attention to this cause. And it's Trista, I have to tell you, I mean, it was so touching because I'm telling you, I heard from people at the time, I mean, all really the whole year after from young girls around around the world and their classes doing stories Aww. on equal pay. And I'm like, I wasn't doing that as a young girl or even in college. It wasn't a class we took, right? Like they weren't telling right. you like, Hey, business school, make sure that you're, you're asking what your male counterpart is making. Make sure the pay scale is totally equal. That was just not something we talked about. So, so I felt very charged by the way that I could help others, I guess. So um, it wasn't as scary, I guess, when I got to the other side of that of that departure, because then suddenly I felt like I I had a real reason to go forth in that direction in my career. I could also be more creative and cultivate more ideas for the catwalk. And then my podcast yeah. was born. So all of it just kind of, you know, it's funny how things work out, but it really did all just naturally, organically transition into this new season of my life. I love that. I mean, you have definitely evolved and I feel like you've you've found your place. Now, I feel like if that had happened to me, I'm a Scorpio. Actually, are you a Scorpio? No, Virgo. A Scorpio, a little fiery Scorpio, Miss Trista. Okay. That's Were right. you about to say you would have burned the place down? Is that what you're gonna say? I'm a Scorpio. Well, I feel no, like I would have burned is... it to the ground. <laughs> Exactly. No, um, I would have, I would have had a lot of re resentment toward, I don't know if we can say his name, but your male counterpart. And I know that you guys were close, probably still are close. I believe you're still close. So how do you not let those feelings of betrayal on the corporate level invade those relationships that, um, you know, he really didn't have anything to do with how much he was being paid. So how do you how do you maintain those relationships, those friendships with coworkers when you find out there's a pay disparity? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, for me personally, the reason I had zero animosity at the time against Jason was because he not only did the female executive tell me I was severely underpaid, but then I went straight to him because you we did were very, awesome. very close. And I was like, hey. This is going down. You could, you don't have yeah. to tell me, but if you want to tell me, like, what, how much are you making? And he's like, I'll tell you anything you want to know. And he was amazing. And he told me awesome. exactly to the dime what he was making, whether or not he was supposed to or not. And he was very much in my corner. You should go knock on the door. You should get every dime that I'm making and you should ask for what you're worth. And I, Good. I even believe that he 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 used his voice in my defense also. And it's and I think he had even said something to the effect of you guys, she's, she's going to leave. Like, like she's going to leave if you don't pay her. Like, you know, he really yeah. was championing me, which I am forever grateful for. Right. And so, yeah, it wasn't his fault. I, I think the tricky part is, 
And and men, because I get this question a lot, like what can men do? Because you are right, it is not their fault. It is the system. It is the patriarchy that exists in our culture that's been around for decades. But they can be our allies. That's what we need men mm-hmm. to do. We need them to speak up. We need them to take a stand. And that did start happening in some instances, some pretty high profile stories that came out about, you know, other women in Hollywood that were underpaid. I think one that comes to mind is like the crown, the actress on the crown, you know, found out she Uh was making considerably less than the male. And then he stood up and said, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this until you pay her or I, or I'll go, you know, it does take that banding together. Yeah. In, in, in Jason's defense, I think he had some pressure from up above that pretty much muzzled him on, on, on that subject. So I'm sure that, that was difficult. That was a really unfortunate downside of, of having to leave because that did take a toll, I think on a relationship. It put him in a position that, that he didn't ask to be in, but I was completely, completely transparent with him all along. And he was with me. So he was a great friend. So we're not as close as we once were sadly, but but that's okay. You know, that it's such as yeah. life. And, and I'm, and such I miss a life. lot of people for me, you know, those were, that was the other hard part of leaving as anyone knows, who's been at a job for a really, really long time, five days a week for 12 years. I, they right. were my, my work family. They were like my family. So that was, that made it hard leaving too. I think I went through a real grieving process of just not seeing those faces every day and not getting up and being on TV every day and the lights going on. It, it was a, whole coming down for several months of just like hardly getting out of bed. It was work. I bet Mm -hmm. it was like you were grieving. You were grieving this part of your life. Um, That's hard. Okay. So for the people out there who are listening, who, who might be in a similar situation, what advice do you have on putting the fears aside and fighting for yourself if you're in this particular situation? Well, it's so interesting because everyone's situation is is very different, obviously, but I, I do think we fight for ourselves, right? So in order to do that, I always say, you know, be able to back it up, record mm-hmm. your wins. If you are that asset, which I'm sure you ladies are wherever you work, you've got to keep documentation of your wins along the way. So, you know, any notes or emails even from clients that, you know, are appraising you, save it, you know, any sales through the roof accomplishment, document it. Um, I would also say really try and communicate with your superior as much as you can. It's really about using your voice all along the way, right? Not just at the end when the fight starts. So that's probably something I'm guilty of. I've always, I was that girl in school and at work who just kept her head down and thought that doing her work was enough. Um, You Mm got to, you have to play the game. You got to communicate with with people that make the decisions and and you have to declare what you want. If you want a promotion, it's back to your very first question on this podcast. You know, what were your goals? Know what they mm-hmm. are at the beginning, set your trajectory as such and communicate it. Like let your bosses know, I, I don't want to be in this position in a year. I want to be here. And by the way, I want to, you know, make uh, money accordingly. So yeah, have all of that. So when you do have to negotiate, or if you are, I guess, if you learn that you're being underpaid, you can go in and argue all the reasons why you deserve what you deserve. Because Mm -hmm. sadly, it is not enough to just say, I know my worth, like you have to you have to be able to back that up. I also Mm -hmm. think having an exit strategy is hugely important. I tell everyone to, you know, Dust off that resume always. Keep it up to date. Make sure you've mm-hmm. got it ready to go should it all fall apart tomorrow. I mean, look at look at the times we're living in. I mean, so many people, friends I know, family have lost jobs that, you know, they would have never predicted, you know, last year in 2019, right? So right. try to be armed with a good resume and ideas and a record of all those wins that you've accumulated over time. Um, Mm -hmm. And then just negotiate it all. I mean, because that's something else I've learned. Um, I I obviously didn't do my own negotiating because I had agents, but I've learned that the statistics show that women just don't negotiate compared to men, like some 30% of women even bother to negotiate at all. So just realize- Because they're scared? Do you think? Yeah, I think just from the culture, like it's, it's again, it's that whole, oh, I'm lucky to have the job. Oh, I'm lucky. I even, you know, it's just like right. that can do. I don't want to stir the boat. They offered me this, this, this salary. Great. I'll take it. No, 
Mm-hmm. Men are negotiating. They're like, and and by the way, that's the first thing they're talking about. And we've been like socialized to think that's that comes off the wrong way, or we're just making about right. the money, and it's not about the money. No, it should be about the money. Because by the way, many of us are also moms, and we're also right. this is time away from our children, and this is we got to pay mm-hmm. for daycare. I mean, that was another thing that, by the way, I didn't even talk about at the time. But don't 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 make me go there about the fact that like. When I wasn't working, I was working because I'm a mother right. and, and uh-huh. my counterpart wasn't that. And I, again, this is now, this is me getting fired up, but, but, but <laughs> bring it on, uh, come on, let's get fired um, up. But like <laughs> all the more reason we should be standing up for ourselves in strength yeah. and, and it's not, it's not bad. Just don't equate that with bad. Equate that with, with working for, for yourself and your family. I mean, so do negotiate because employers expect it. Like I said, the guys are doing it anyway. So it yeah. can be done the right way. And if you are going to negotiate, which can be scary to to counter an offer or whatnot, practice with your friends, get comfortable in this space, role model what it will be like so that when you do do it, it's not so scary and um, foreign to you when you do it. Such good advice. Oh my gosh. I love it all. That was so good. Okay. So switching gears, you know, obviously your professional life is really important to you and you wanted to be a career woman. I, I kind of shared that sentiment because I, my parents were divorced when I was in fifth grade and my mom, I lived with my mom. So she was basically a single mom, just, you know, working her tail off to provide for us. Um, so I grew up wanting that career too. Although I did have visions of the fairy tale wedding, which I think I got got it. Got that check off the list. All the more reason that manifesting works, because look, that's what you wanted and you got it. Like kids, you know, just manifest it all. (laughs) Manifest, manifest. I love that. Okay, so you know, from professional life to personal life, you had these two divorces that you experienced. Um, you recently had a breakup with Nick, which I don't know how much you're open uh, to sharing about, but you know, would love to hear about this. You you've handled all of your breakups, I feel like with such class and dignity. Obviously, you're a public figure and and maybe not as much in the public eye during your first divorce. But you guys, you know, I got in touch with you about sharing your co-parenting story with Kyle and how you guys are like a blended family, which I just loved for my book. I wanted you to share your story, which you did. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you you are able to negotiate, you know, these relationships, <laughs> it seems like better than other people who have had breakups. So can you tell me about these major breakups in your life and, and kind of how they compared to the breakup that you had at E? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, all of my breakups have been different. I mean, I probably everyone listening has been through breakups and they're all very different and and for different reasons, right? So mm-hmm. The interesting thing about my two marriages and the dissolves of those is that, yes, I'm friendly with my exes. I mean, maybe that's a whole other psychological exploration. But and and I always say, like, Kyle nor Reese did like the unforgivable. There was no salacious like scandal that I could never forgive them for or something. So I, I do sympathize with people who have gone through those type of divorces where it's mm-hmm. like, girl, there's not a chance we can be friends because of A, B, C, and D, and he's got a new girl. And, you know, it, it, sometimes it's just yeah. so messy, it's impossible. My situation was not that. Kyle and I just got married so, so young. We had these two beautiful mm-hmm. kids. And when we did divorce, of course, that was difficult. Of course, mm-hmm. I think what kept me going at the time was that I was on TV every day because I it was I didn't have a choice to like lay in bed and drink wine and never get out from under the covers. I really the show right. had to go on. So it really mm-hmm. did pull me literally. through that difficult time, literally. And he and I, you know, he's such a phenomenal father. And at the time, even though we were so disconnected and our 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 love romantically had ended, it was all right, we've got these two gorgeous kids. We can do this one of two ways. And he was a child of divorce. I am a child of divorce. And we just knew it was like, it was almost unspoken that it was like, all right, well, we're in this for the rest of life. This we're co-parenting. That's it. End of story. And so when he, I mean, what could have changed that is he, he met someone, Sarah, and, and he was respectful from day one. I think, I mean, it's, it really is to his credit that he was like, this is the mother of my kids. And he met mm-hmm. someone who was going to be on board with that. And she was from, you know, and right away she was, 
eager to be friends and be a part of the family and respect, you know, that I would always be a part of those boys' lives and whatnot. So then we yeah. became really good friends and then we, now we work together. So right. <laughs> um, we really are that modern family. Um, so, I mean, we just had dinner together last week. They invite me over. We went on a trip to the lake a couple of weeks ago. I mean, we're I just all, I, I love it for my boys so, so much. It's just, I can't tell you how much value there is if you are able to still co-parent with your exes. It's, I mean, it's one of my proudest accomplishments, I will say, because divorce mm -hmm. does suck and broken families suck. But my, my parents were pretty estranged for my entire life until my dad passed away. And it definitely weighed on me. And so mm -hmm. the fact that my kids can go between homes seamlessly and happily is just brings me a lot of comfort. So Kyle and I are good. Reese, that breakup was, uh, you know, probably easier in many regards because we didn't have kids together. Right. So, mm -hmm. so that was, you know, for a myriad of different reasons, none of which again, were, were completely salacious, but again, I, you know, Reese is a, a spiritual person and a yogi and a world traveler. And at the end of the day, we were kind of just at two different points in life, but, mm -hmm. uh, we weren't friends immediately. I mean, you have to kind of, if you're getting divorced, you know, there's gotta be a reason why. Right. So, um, we weren't friends immediately, but, but now, you know, wish each other nothing but the best and our, our friend yeah. Lee, the, I'll tell you the the breakup I've just had with Nick is probably harder than either of my marriages, Trista. Uh, really? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because, because you had a dog together? <laughs> <laughs> You'd think, I mean, my poor, I mean, God, I inherited a dog, the dog story. My God, people who follow my life are probably like the dog and cat and cat stories. I know so many animals. Oh. No, because at the end of the day, I think I hate to use the word broken, but I mm -hmm. probably through my my two divorces and my, again, lack of being modeled relationships that work or go the distance. I certainly if we're going to get super real here here, like I do on my podcast naked. Yes, please. If I'm being yes. really real, it's about, you know, it's about some past trauma of, of childhood and and um, the way we view and understand healthy relationships. And I have my own work to do, but he, without throwing him completely under the bus, cause he's not here to defend himself, but he is pretty flawed in that regard. And it, mm -hmm. it's it, the love can be there, right? Like love connection, intimacy, all of that. If you're not completely well, or if you haven't healed from your past trauma, then, you know, you have these things called trauma bonds or betrayal bonds. Mm. And I think we really suffered with getting in our own way in our relationship. And, mm. and then that turns into resentment and distrust. So it, it was one of those pretty toxic relationships where the highs were incredibly high, higher mm. than any marriage I'd ever had. And the, but the lows were so low that, um, in those moments, I, I would decide that, I can't live like this. Right. So yeah. it's that, yeah. that pull of the highs and the lows and, and all that comes along with that. And it's interesting. You asked me how that compares to E because I got to this point in my career that I was so confident and, and so knowing about my ability and my strength and, and my contributions and what I, what I bring to the table that I was, I was able to make this huge public stand, leave my job, yeah. you know, that, you know, I had completely figured out, I stand by my decision, I feel empowered by my decision. And there's that. But it is yeah. interesting. Dr. Trista, because my therapist and I talk about this, he's like, I want to get you in relationships, how you were professionally, you know, so like, mm. not being exploited, not being taken advantage of not being yeah. bulldozed over. And I think I suffered from that. I not think I know that I suffered from that in my last relationship. So I am doing a lot of work in that regard. Um, so mm. you can point your fingers all day. And thanks for saying that I handled it classy. There were definitely some, some Instagrams I wanted to post. My friends were like, you can't post that. <laughs> I'm like, there was some shit I wanted to say to this day. I would like to say, but I'm not Cardi B. I can't do it. I got to keep it. I got to keep it. You know, I got to keep it is, you know, I got to, I got to yeah. go back to the hum of it all and try and, and, and keep it classy. But 
And, and again, you know, what's my part in it? What my side of the street, you know, in, yeah. in, a, in a relationship that doesn't work. So, so I am working on that. And I have to say one of the upsides of this whole year and, and, and being kind of, kind of slowing down because of this pandemic is that I've really, really been spending a lot of quiet time doing that. And mm -hmm. I will say to anybody listening who's in a, a, a place in life they don't want to be, whether it is your job or it is the relationship and you do feel stuck, the work works. That's what I've learned. I have been doing the work and yeah. I'd gone to, you know, I'd popped in and out of, you know, therapy over the years, but never consistently and not like this. I've been deeply really with this wonderful virtual therapist that I have discovered and it's changed my life. I'm, I'm like, he really calls me on my own stuff and I've been reading a lot and writing a lot and exercising a lot and just doing the whole like physical, mental, emotional trifecta of like tending to myself. And, and yeah. I, I have had a couple of moments where I'm just like, oh, this is why they say to do this. This is the self-love. And it really, really does work. It really, if you are disciplined with it and you stay with it, you will see, um, you, you will see the change and you can come out the other side. So in terms of that work, what, what are specifics? Like you talked about meditation. I know you're a big runner. Like what are, what are some of the other things that are included in that? I mean, I could give you a whole list of audiobooks, Trista. I have, I've had, um, I've had friends and, and maybe your listeners want them. I don't know, but I've had so many recommendations from friends having gone through this, this very tumultuous breakup that, that was littered with some deceit and betrayal. And so there was a mm -hmm. lot of pain there. So I'm, I, I will, I'll just have to bring it back to mental health and just say that therapy has been the number one. I mean, so awesome. anyone who's ever been afraid of that or not really wanted to lean into it. Um, and, and by the way, I don't think it's always like an instant match with someone you have to do your research mm -hmm. and shop around a little bit, but Dr. Rick, I'm just going to give him a shout out. He is, he's just he's my lifeline. And as he describes it, he's, he's got the life, he's got the, the life floaty. And anytime I, I feel like I'm going to go one way, he's like right there waiting for me with a lifeline to, to choose differently so that I, mm -hmm. I feel better and, 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 and attract better. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's an investment I know can be financially for people and it is a time investment, but that's been the, the, the number one for me because just talking through it, even if you can't um, afford therapy or or don't go to therapy, just talk. I always just tell, I tell my kids, I mean, mm -hmm. my 19 year old, I'm like, you can't swallow this. We have to talk about it. You have to right. talk about it. You'll always feel better if you talk about it. So talking, communicating, working through it is so huge. Huge. There's a list of books. I do, like I said, meditate, um, just even walking and just putting something in your ears when you're you walk 45 minutes a day and just listen to something that is uplifting or there's the calm app is a great meditative app that I love. Mm -hmm. They have series on self-esteem or anxiety or, you know, there's lots of different themes. Just I think if you're kind of always feeding yourself um, that kind of thing rather mm -hmm. than just noise, it's fun to escape. Don't get me wrong. I worked on E for 12 years, like watch all <laughs> right. your like junk TV, like do that too. But bachelorette. Okay. Mm -hmm. All day. But balance it out with a little bit of, you know, that you kind of got to, you got to go there to get, to get better. So I, obviously you would say naked as the podcast that people should listen to for bettering themselves in addition to this one, of course, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but are there any other podcasts that you listen to right now that you're really drawn to in terms of helping you through that, you know, this time? Yeah. Um, you know what? I just discovered one. It yeah. was so powerful. Are you familiar with Mark Groves? And he has a platform called Create the Love. No, but I love this. Yes. So he has an Instagram. Create the I'm Love. It down. Is... Not that I can't listen back, but Create <laughs> the Love. She's got her pin. She's okay. got her pin. <laughs> you know, I'm forever. You're right. I do have those cat formations. I'm an affirmation person. I like, I, I write things down and I like, I say those mantras to myself. I do think that's part of, again, like staying up and staying positive. But he has a whole grid of these wonderful quotes that are specifically about real love versus attachment and creating love both personally and with your partner 
Um, and so he has all these kind of affirmations, but he has a podcast too. And I just listened to the first episode and I, I, it's, I think it's just called Mark Groves podcast. Okay. But he has on, he gives a whole kind of 20 minute breakdown of just a topic of the week or something. And just, he just speaks to, uh, his audience and then he will have a guest on. And this week's theme was what are you tolerating or what you shouldn't mm. be tolerating? And, and he gives you these tangible exercises, like what are the things you're tolerating that you shouldn't be that, that are keeping you, preventing you from living your best life? I mean, it, it's very yes. actionable. So that's one of my new favorites. Love I highly recommend. That. Yeah. And just for people who aren't familiar with my podcast, because I have been in a little hiatus and I am coming back, but just Yay! if they don't know, I mean, Naked is, that's kind of like exactly what we're talking about. It's kind of stripping back all of the the normal conversation for just more meaningful connections and a community of people, I'm sure like the one you're creating that are kind of just starving for for realness and meaningful exchanges. And we all yes. need it. And there and by the way, there's enough space for all of us. And you know, people just want to consume and consume this stuff. And so everyone's welcome. It's called Naked with Cat Sadler. But like I said, I've I haven't had an episode in a couple months, but I am coming back very soon. I got my mic out today Yay. for Trista. Yay, but you're going to leave it out for you. Yes. So, you know, you've been through all th this relationship turmoil, this professional turmoil, and I feel like you're in a really good place, which I love for you with your catwalk stuff, with Naked coming back on, with just being an, a rock star mom. What are your new hopes and dreams and have those changed at all from, mm. you know, before mm -hmm. you started with E and before you had kids and all that? You're just a good interviewer, Trista. Oh, okay. hey, thanks. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ryan is saying hi. <laughs> I like hear a little bip, bip, bip on my back and I'm like, oh, what, did I just imagine that? Oh, he just blew you. her a Have kiss fun. and he said goodbye. <laughs> Does Ryan have any friends that would want to date a mom of two in her mid 40s? <laughs> Oh my gosh, right? You know what? We always get this question. And he just started mm -hmm. at Denver Fire. So, you know, we live in or near Vale. He commutes almost two hours like to go to work. But I bring that up because I'm sure there are lots of guys in Denver. So I'll keep you posted. I might have to make a little road trip here. Yeah, you might. You let me know. So yeah, I would love to hear what your what your hopes and dreams are moving forward. I mean, to answer your question, I, I'm learning the other side of the TV business, right? So I was a host on air all those years. Um, but I, I didn't know a lot about development. I didn't know a lot about being in a pitch room and selling a show to Netflix. I didn't know how to package a show. I, I wasn't really producing other shows. So I have been spending a lot of time on that. This is the, this is the work no one sees because yeah. it's not sexy. This is what I do in this office where I'm sitting right now every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I have a producing partner whom I love and admire who has sold like 30 TV shows over his, the span of his career. So we're working together on a handful of things. What I've learned is also, it takes a lot of time. I shot a a really cool pilot last year with the guys from Scout Productions, which make Queer Eye okay. and have won lots of Emmys. And so, but it was a travel show. Mm -hmm. So then COVID hits and it's like, well, there goes that. I know. So that's kind of on hold, but I have, like, I have a handful of things that I'm, I'm constantly trying to basically unscripted shows that mm -hmm. I'm trying to get sold. So awesome. I'm hoping to have this evolution of naked in the form of a TV show that is literally, and I'm sharing this with you first, just done here at my house again, COVID friendly. So we're working on getting that done as we speak. Oh. I hope to be shooting that in January. And so all these just things take time, but I love I feel like I'm in school again, Trista, yeah. because it's like, you know, who I'm learning the the advertising pieces of I'm learning acquisitions, I'm learning streaming platforms, I'm learning the business side. Um, and so has that changed for me? Yes, because I used to just be the entity of, you know, a quote unquote hireable host yeah. that you plug into things. Right. And now I'm trying to produce and create the content myself and then inject myself as host and then own the IP and have more power. Right. So, yes. so again, it, it takes a while and everything in, you know, this town is not everything, but 
a lot of it has slowed down because of of COVID and whatnot. So, you know, it's kind of going a little slower than I would have liked, but um, but I I love it. I don't miss. You know, I had a couple opportunities to maybe go back to entertainment news and do that again every single day. And I think I'm I think I'm done with that. Yeah, I, I really I think I did that. I mean, unless unless, you know, Kelly Ripa wants to retire, that might be the only job that I think I'd want to do at this point. Yeah, uh, just put that out there. But I think otherwise I'm. I'm liking, I'm liking the flexibility. I like being my own boss. I like kind of creating and working with people whom I now choose. And, and, you know, it's, it's a nice, again, a nice chapter. It's, you know, it's more stressful financially because, you know, you don't get a paycheck every two weeks and, you know, you have to really generate things to make it happen. Mm -hmm. But, but so far, so, so good. That is so exciting. Oh my gosh. I love it. I think you have such a mind for this stuff. And I, I think it's it will be successful if any of your other endeavors have been successful like they all have. So that's Aww. awesome. I love it. Thank you. Um, okay, so one question I am going to ask all of my guests is, you know, you're in this great place, but I would love to know how you envision being better tomorrow yourself. So maybe like give yourself a goal of, I don't know, tomorrow or two weeks from now. How do you want to be better, whether it is professional or whether it's personal, it can it can be anything. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. In so many ways <laughs> and so many things come to mind. Well, why don't I make this about two things? Because I do. We've talked about working out. We've talked about how reading is, is helpful. And we've talked about all my work stuff. But two things come to mind. I really do think um, what we put in our bodies also contributes to our overall betterment, right? Yes. Health, health and wellness. And so yeah. I just, I'm really trying to clean up my diet in the sense that, and again, I'm sure so many people relate because we've been at home more and people have been like stuck in their houses and maybe not on the same routine they used to be on. I, the first half of this year was like, burritos and Mexican food and queso (laughs) and freaking cooking every day and banana bread. And then like it worked for a while. And then I started feeling miserable. Uh, I just didn't feel good. And so I just, in the last couple of weeks, I'm, I'm really trying to gear up my, my food intake into a better way. Like I've, I, I bought turmeric powder and mushroom powder and all of these like new superfoods. And I'm trying to like I just put mushroom powder in my coffee this morning. It's supposed to I've be good. I've never even heard about that. But What's it I for? I almost mentioned this to you because you said your memory is an issue. <gasps> this a huge is, issue. And I even took a poll with my my Instagram followers, like who uses this and have you seen results? And everyone got back to me. They're like, it it is legitimate. It's it's for cognitive brain function, memory, focus, all of that. And I it's need just it. basically pure mushroom powder because. It, most people know like the benefits, the health benefits of mushrooms are so, so huge. So they make it in a powder. This one, shout out to, it's called Lion's Mane Mushroom Powder. Go okay. get it. And okay. it's taste, tasteless. So you can just add it to your coffee oh, or good, add it to your I, smoothies. I'm sorry, I hate mushrooms. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's fine. And a lot of people do. Exactly. This is tasteless. Okay, good. So you could, oh, and you hate mushrooms. So maybe that's, see, maybe you're deficient. Ever eat mushrooms? Ever, 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 ever. And that if they're on something, I pick them off. Like I cannot. It's more about the texture, less about the taste. But if it's tasteless, that's better for me. Okay. So I love this. See Look at that all these can... tips. I love. I love. <laughs> so all these powders, and yes, you should get this. I'm, I'm, and just take it every day. And people say it really, really does make a difference. But I'm you starting said Lion's Gate. Sorry, Lion's to Mane, you. like Lion's, lion's hair, mane. Lion's Mane powder. Got it. Okay. Got it. And you can like sprinkle it on your oatmeal or sprinkle it on your latte or put it in your yes. smoothies, whatever you want to do. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that my answer would be to consistently incorporate these superfoods into being um, cleaner in my eating these days. Um, that will make me better overall because I'll have better energy. I'll have better ideas. I'll have better brain function. I'll have better yeah. um, all the things. Um, so that and probably less alcohol. <laughs> Ooh, I just, the wine and the tequila, you know, mm, I, I mm-hmm. always, you know, I need to continue to challenge myself with, um, with yeah. lowering that intake will make me better 
Was that a boring, well, better answer? But I will be better. That's a great answer. Okay. Ah, oh, Kat, I have loved this. Thank you so, 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 so much. Congratulations. I'm sure you're going to grow you. a huge audience and I'll make sure to tell everybody to, to listen Thank and you. thanks for having me on and we should just do this more often. I mean, please, let's just <laughs> FaceTime every now and then. I just okay. want to get my little dose of cat. I love that. Congrats, lady. Lots of love. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. I hope you feel a little better after having listened. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you're enjoying our show, please send it to a friend and put a little better into their lives. Also, if you would like to find me, you can go to Instagram at Trista Sutter or Facebook at Trista Sutter Fan Page. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.